Okay, um, thank you all for coming. Good afternoon. Uh, Secretary Holland, uh, Deputy Secretary Turk, um, Secretary Keyes, and so many other distinguished guests from the White House and broader government. Thank you all for joining. We are um, very honored to have you here today. My name is Tom Deswat. Um, I am the Chief Commercial Officer at DE Shore Renewable Investments, or DESRI. Um, and I am here to welcome you to the site of the future San Juan Solar One uh, solar facility, which we are developing. For those of you who don't know us, uh, DESRI is one, in, one of the leading developers and owner-operators of wind and solar projects across the United oh. States. We have about 60 utility-scale projects either in construction uh, or in operation, um, and another 15 or 20-odd coming up right behind those uh, in the near term. So you may be wondering, why on earth are we sitting out here in a field in a tent uh, on a hot uh, summer's day? Um, and uh, let me give you a little context about what this site will look like uh, in the future, even if it doesn't look like it today. Um, so this will be about 200 megawatts AC um, of solar generation, coupled with uh, 100 megawatts of battery storage with a four-hour duration, so 400 megawatt hours. Depending on the final design, um, we'll occupy probably about 1,200 acres um, of private land out here. Um, for those of you who can see around the tent, um, we'll go all the way north uh, up to that transmission line that you can see up there. Panels will come uh, pretty close to this tent, maybe a couple hundred yards. We'll have the solar substation, we'll have the battery uh, just up there. And then there will be a transmission line uh, basically delivering the power from the project substation all the way around here to our left, my left, your right, um, and into the coal plant uh, behind us. Um, so a really uh, exciting and creative way of uh, reusing existing electrical infrastructure. Um, on our left is BLM land, and I want to particularly thank um, the Secretary and the BLM and Interior for working with us to get the right-of-way done. That was a, a great example of private-public partnership, um, and we appreciate that. We at DESRI are hugely excited about the community benefits that this project is going to bring, um, and we are committed to this being a long-term success for everyone here in the community in San Juan and the broader Four Corners um, economic area. We think the project will create about 200 jobs um, at its peak construction, um, and we'll be looking to hire as local and diverse a workforce as we can um, to aid the economic development here. This will offer training and workforce development in solar construction, setting up the region for success not just today, but for the future as more projects are built. And we do think there will be many more projects coming. The project will also generate substantial tax benefit for San Juan County and the local community here. Um, and for those who are interested, we do have um, some schematics and maps uh, which we can show you after the event, um, laying out what the project will look like. Um, as, a, as a sort of um, teaser, we have a, uh, an image of our Hunter Solar Project in neighboring Utah, um, which you can see it's a similar scale, um, but this will look pretty similar to that with big blocks of solar panels um, out here. The main difference, of course, with Hunter is that in the San Juan pictures, there will be a coal facility in the background and smokestacks, but crucially, no smoke coming out of them um, because we are replacing the San Juan coal facility. This is one of several projects that DESRI is developing in New Mexico, um, and we are hugely excited about the opportunity here in the state. 
New Mexico's Energy Transition Act of 2019 rightfully sets ambitious goals on clean energy and provides all of us in the industry with a clear policy uh, roadmap and policy environment in which to operate. This is crucial for renewable energy development because these projects take three, four, five years to develop. And so we need to have the policy stability for that time as we go through construction and operation. We're also tremendously excited about the policy developments at the federal level, um, and in particular, the Inflation Reduction Act. After a year or two of extremely difficult challenges for the solar industry relating to COVID, uh, supply chain, and other factors, truly the passage of the IRA last Tuesday has provided a huge boost of good news to the industry and to projects like this all over the country. The IRA will enable these projects to bring capital, good paying jobs, workforce development, cleaner air and tax revenue to their host communities. The IRA will also allow many more projects to offer some of the cheapest power available to the ratepayer, And that's cheap whether you're talking about renewable or fossil fuel based. Bringing down the cost of energy and helping to fight inflation. By the way, this is not just a short term solution for one or two years. This is a very long term solution. These projects, once built, will operate for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, and that allows us to offer long-term price certainty um, and fight inflation um, over the long term, uh, avoiding some of the challenges around fuel costs every time there is a war or supply chain disruption overseas. Finally, of course, the IRA will make a huge impact in the fight against climate change at a time when we see extreme weather events almost every day in the news, including right here in New Mexico with unprecedented flooding. For communities like this one in San Juan, where renewables are replacing coal and gas power, the IRA will also facilitate a huge improvement in air quality and local health outcomes once these smokestacks are retired for good. In closing, I'm conscious that we have some real work to do. We're still in a field today, um, turning this into a solar farm tomorrow. But we are fully committed to the task ahead of us, working here locally with the community and investing here. Um, and we deeply appreciate the efforts of everyone who's worked on the IRA um, and the local state policy um, efforts to help make this project a success. The challenge of the energy transition is enormous, but so is the opportunity. And the Inflation Reduction Act now gives us all in the industry an incredible chance to make this a success. Thank you again for coming today. Um, and I will now pass the microphone to Brian Deese from the National Economic Council. Thank you, uh, Tom, and uh, thank you, uh, thank you all for being here. Um, it's a very, uh, it's, a, it's a unique moment, a unique day, and an extraordinary opportunity uh, uh, for all of us. Um, we've had the opportunity, uh, those of us uh, who are here from the federal level, to uh, spend a full day uh, here um, earlier, traveling to see uh, some of the areas that um, will benefit from the investment in remediation uh, from the bipartisan infrastructure law. And we just concluded a very rich roundtable with uh, community stakeholders, with leaders of tribal nations uh, and local uh, and regional and national business leaders to talk about uh, the opportunities uh, and the challenges here. And I would say that uh, uh, for me, as I listened uh, and as we engaged in the roundtable, the two words that most consistently uh, were raised were solutions and opportunity. Uh, and that notwithstanding the incredible challenges that are in front of us, because of the unique coincidence of state, local, and federal action, 
Um, the opportunity to focus on concrete solutions uh, and to deliver in concrete ways has never been, uh, has never been clearer. Uh, it's also not every day that we have the opportunity to bring uh, the Secretary of Interior alongside uh, senior White House officials, senior officials from the Department of uh, Energy uh, to, um, uh, to this region. And uh, I believe that this does show and underscore, and I hope it shows and underscores for the people here, the seriousness of the President's commitment uh, to communities like, uh, like Farmington. Um, and it is communities like this that inspired President Biden in his first week in office uh, to sign an executive order that created the Energy Communities Interagency Working Group. That sounds kind of technical, uh, but in practice what it means is he directed myself and his National Climate Advisor to co-chair an effort to bring all of the resources of the federal government together in a streamlined and ambitious way to demonstrate that we can work together to take actions to support energy workers and energy communities and facilitate this transition in a way that puts them front and center. Um, our mission since that first week has been very clear. It has been about cutting red tape, getting more technical support, uh, more money, uh, more opportunity to energy communities to support sustainable, inclusive economic growth for the local residents, and most importantly, to be present, to listen, to learn, and to partner uh, together. And uh, that is core to the president's economic strategy for the country. Uh, he often says that his goal is to build uh, an economy from the bottom up and the middle out. Uh, and what he means by that is that the workers and the communities that have been so integral to building this country, to powering this country, uh, need to be at the center of the next chapter uh, of, our, uh, of our story as well. Um, this strategy, this economic strategy, and this industrial strategy for the country uh, is already working and already showing, uh, showing the results. Not only at the national level, the historic jobs recovery of nearly 10 million jobs, but also uh, a historic recovery in American manufacturing. More than 600,000 new manufacturing jobs created in the United States since the president took office, the most in three decades. And we are seeing companies reshore and bring investment and production back to the United States at record rates uh, as well. But the key element to that and the president's vision is that for no community and particularly those communities that be, have been at the center of powering our country for generations be left behind that we bring everybody along in this effort. That's what the interagency working group uh, effort has been all about. I am uh, proud to note that since the creation of this effort, we've driven $15 billion in federal funding to 25 of the hardest hit coal communities in the country, including right here uh, in Farmington. And we now have a new, uh, we now have a historic opportunity with the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act on the back of the bipartisan infrastructure law to deploy incentives at scale to try to open up new opportunities in ways that many of us would not have thought possible uh, months, if not years ago. Incentives like those to deploy solar panels and to do so in communities that have been hard hit, that, that importantly, the incentives in the Inflation Reduction Act provide more credit, more incentive to developers and private sector actors like uh, Tom if they work in communities like this, if they can demonstrate that they're going to source products in the United States, if they pay prevailing wages. These tax credits encourage the kind of long-term build-out in these communities that, um, uh, that, we, uh, that we want to see um, and that we can do at scale in a way we have not before.
So uh, I just want to say uh, on behalf of the White House and the President, thank you uh, for hosting us. Uh, and, uh, and we are looking forward to the work uh, ahead uh, in focusing on very concrete solutions for this community and communities like this around the country and taking advantage of this historic opportunity we have in front of us. Uh, and now the uh, most fun opportunity I have today uh, is to introduce uh, my, uh, my friend and partner and our leader uh, on so many of these issues at the federal government level, Secretary Deb Hell. Thank you, everyone. So nice to see you all. This is the nicest press conference I've ever been to. <laughs> so thank you, whoever organized this. It's off the charts. <laughs> in the middle of the desert in New Mexico. Who would have ever guessed I'd be standing here with this? Uh, but I'm so <laughs> And 20 years ago, I would have scratched my head and said, no, I don't think that would happen. Um, but anyway, I'm so happy to be here. It's great to be with all of you. Um, thank you, uh, Chairman uh, Nuvang Yama, for, um, for gracing us with your presence here as well. Um, as we highlight the work of the Biden-Harris administration to clean up legacy pollution, advance clean energy projects, and lower energy costs for working families, those of us from New Mexico are all too familiar with the legacy pollution. I come from a community, Laguna Pueblo, that suffers from the impacts of environmental injustice. Our health, our water, our elders continue to feel the devastating consequences of the nation's largest open pit uranium mine, even though that mine was closed over 40 years ago. Millions of Americans live within just one mile of an orphaned oil or gas well all across this country. These are environmental hazards that contaminate groundwater litter the landscape with rusted and dangerous equipment, harm wildlife, and leak methane, a serious safety hazard and significant cause of climate change. And it's hazardous to people and children too. It's our responsibility to tackle these harmful impacts and ensure that future generations have access to clean air, drinkable water, healthy, balanced ecosystems. This is a priority for the Biden-Harris administration and for me personally. With President Biden's historic bipartisan infrastructure law and Inflation Reduction Act, we're taking transformational steps to address legacy pollution, safeguard our environment and our water quality, and chart out a future for clean energy development to lower energy costs for working families and build a brighter future for the next generation. Today, I'm excited to announce that we're allocating nearly $600 million in initial funding from the bipartisan infrastructure law to 24 states, including New Mexico. Yes. Thank you. To begin work to plug, cap, and reclaim over 10,000 high priority wells and to establish methane measuring protocols. In New Mexico, the state will receive an initial 25 million, which they plan to use to plug 200 wells in San Juan and Permian basins across the state. Today's announcement is just one part of the $16 billion allocated through the infrastructure law to tackle legacy pollution and create good paying union jobs and catalyze economic revitalization in the process. And this is just the beginning. As states purchase equipment and set up infrastructure for these well plugging operations, we'll be sending additional funding to them in the coming months to clean up even more sites. 
And that's in addition to programs that will address these wells on federal and tribal lands. At the Department of the Interior, we're not only working to address environmental injustices, but we're taking historic steps to develop a robust and sustainable clean energy future. Investments from the Inflation Reduction Act will give us an incredible boost, spurring an unprecedented expansion in clean energy deployment and manufacturing of more than 120,000 wind turbines. These investments will also lower energy costs by hundreds of dollars per year for working families by making clean energy more affordable and more accessible. With these two landmark laws, we're investing in our future, preparing for our future, and safeguarding the health and well-being of all Americans. Thank you all again for joining us today. With that, I'm very proud, and, and I just want to say very quickly how proud I am to work uh, in this administration with some really tremendous colleagues. And uh, David Turk, Deputy of the Department, Deputy Secretary of the Department of Energy. Well, let me just say how proud uh, I am to be part of an administration uh, with Secretary Holland. Brian and I get to see her in action and her team in action at Interior. It's a phenomenal team. And Secretary, we're incredibly lucky to have your leadership uh, in Washington. So thank you all. You all have seen this uh, day in and day out and week in and week out here in New Mexico. But it's just an honor to, uh, to be in part of an administration with uh, Secretary Holland. Uh, let me just say um, how excited I am to be here as an energy nerd. I'm the Deputy Secretary of the Department of Energy, but I'm also an energy nerd. Uh, New Mexico has been and is an energy powerhouse. There's just no doubt about it. You can look at uh, various different sectors, various different technologies, et cetera. Um, what makes me so excited to be here today in this great setting, and agree with Secretary Holland on the setting here, is you can see the energy transformation. It takes a little bit of imagination on the solar piece. We've got a nice visual here. You can see the energy transformation happening. Um, and that's not only exciting from a decarbonization perspective, it's exciting for what the jobs that will bring, exciting for the economic opportunities, exciting for the equity uh, and historic responsibilities that we need to do on the environmental justice side of things. So I have, uh, as an energy nerd, speaking as an energy nerd, I am firmly convinced New Mexico in this part, in this region in particular, will be a clean energy powerhouse, just as it's an energy powerhouse right now. One of the things that gives me such confidence in that is what's happened in Washington. Uh, it is truly historic what the pieces of legislation that have passed in Congress with the, with the leadership of President Biden and I also need to call out and give a shout out to Brian Deese. Uh, a lot of times White House staffers, I don't know what, I don't know what the people call you sometime, <laughs> Brian, chairman, director, or whatever your title is. Uh, Brian has been uh, absolutely instrumental behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, uh, everywhere on the uh, investment from the bipartisan infrastructure bill that passed last year and the uh, historic legislation that was just signed into law last week. Uh, tireless advocacy, skillful advocacy, uh, working with senators, working with members of Congress. It's just been incredibly impressive, Brian. So thanks for all the uh, time and energy that you spent on that. And these are historic pieces of legislation. And those, there's other pieces of legislation, too, and a whole slew of executive actions. Just to give you a sense of uh, what I like to think of as a huge wind, a huge wind behind our backs now on the clean energy transition front here in New Mexico, here around the country as well. 
We've got tax incentives. Now, we've had tax incentives for solar. We've had tax incentives for other parts of our clean energy infrastructure. What we now have is a coherent set of tax incentives across a full range of clean energy technologies. And as Brian has said in his various uh, media appearances, it's 10 years. This is 10 years. Tom spoke about the certainty that that provides industry to have 10 years to plan out, to plan out big projects like this one, hopefully even bigger projects uh, given the solar resource and other clean energy resources that we have here. That is a huge, huge wind at the back of this transition in a way that will benefit the country, benefit workers, benefit communities, especially communities like this. And I say especially communities like this because you are an energy powerhouse, because people have spent their sweat, their money, building out the clean, building out the energy infrastructure that's powered not only this community, but powered the state, powered the region, powered our country. I think we have a historic responsibility and an opportunity to double down, to triple down on communities like this and make sure that this clean energy transition works for the communities and the people uh, in these communities. That's why the president did what the president did. Brian described that. This interagency working group on coal and power plant communities. I know that's a mouthful. It's a lot of words in there. Some have meaning, some have more DC meaning. Uh, what that means is uh, the president's top economic advisor, Brian, the uh, president's top climate advisor, leading a whole interagency group of us, making sure that we at the top leadership level all the way down are focusing resources, focusing time, focusing attention on these communities and building out the clean energy transition in these communities first, in your community first and foremost. Uh, I'm excited to be able to announce as part of that effort something called a rapid response team, an interagency rapid response team from the federal government. Now all of those words have some meaning associated with them. One is it's rapid. We don't have time to just wait. Uh, this community doesn't have time to just wait for the transition. We've got to be rapid. We've got to do things from the federal government side of things that are efficient, that are going to be responsive in terms of uh, really providing what we need to help support you all. Second word is response. Uh, we don't have all the solutions in D.C. I've not been, on, not been in D.C. that long to think that we've got all the solutions and somehow we've got brilliant ideas, as brilliant as Brian is, as brilliant as Secretary Holland is, as brilliant as our colleagues are. We don't have all the solutions. What we do have are a number of tools in the tool belt, historic tools in the tool belt, resources. But what we need to do is work in partnership and listen to communities, listen to community leaders, listen to tribal leaders like the chairman, and provide those tools in a way that works for this particular community. Not just for next year, but for five years, for 10 years, for generations going forward. Uh, and then the third part, it's rapid response and then team. Uh, it's important, and uh, I think for people out there in the real world, I don't think people care if you're getting resources or you're getting help from the Energy Department or the Interior Department or EPA or Interior, it just doesn't matter. It just matters that the help is coming in a way that works for your community. So this is a team approach. There are many, many agencies that are part of this effort, and what we promise to do is to make this efficient, to make this user-friendly, to make sure we've got a point of contact, we've got a working group meeting that'll meet with the whole slew of community leaders to make sure that we're starting that dialogue, we're continuing, we're accelerating that dialogue going forward. So this is not just a nice to have, this is a must have, a core part of our strategy to make sure that as we transition from an energy powerhouse to a clean energy powerhouse in this region, it works first and foremost for the people in the region, the workers in the region, the families uh, in the region. So again, 
speaking as an energy nerd, just excited to be here and be part of uh, part of this effort. So I think I'm turning it over to our state colleague, our state leader, uh, uh, Secretary Probst, over, uh, over to you. Good afternoon, everybody. It's nice to see you all. Thank you for the opportunity to be here to represent Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham and our entire administration. My colleague, Secretary Alicia Keys, was at the last roundtable, um, Economic Development Secretary. I think she was supposed to be here, but it is a little bit lost. Um, <laughs> so, so it's my pleasure to be here. But, you know, uh, riffing off of what, what David said, um, it's rare to have an announcement in a day when so many threads of the work that you do comes together into multiple positive announcements, but today is one of those days. And our state agency, the Energy, Minerals, and Natural Resources Department, is on the front lines of delivering our part of a lot of the things that this panel have worked so hard to deliver to states like New Mexico and communities like Farmington. That includes the orphan well funding that Secretary Holland spoke about. Our oil conservation division is responsible for uh, deploying those dollars. We are really excited about that $25 million first tranche, and we're already thinking about the next tranches of funding because we have so many sites that need, need cleanup around the state. Um, you know, 200 wells uh, that plugged a year, as Secretary Holland said, that's 400% more than we normally do in a year. We normally plug about you know, 50 wells a year maybe and don't usually get around to the reclamation of the surface at that time. So this funding allows plugging but also reclamation of the surface so that it will improve the landscape, it'll improve health outcomes, it'll improve water, less methane leakage, and on and on. So we're really, really pleased to be able to deliver that to New Mexico um, through the generous generosity and the great planning from the Biden-Harris administration. We're also really excited about the solar announcement. Um, Governor Lujan Grisham championed the Energy Transition Act in New Mexico, which is um, transitioning our electric sector to 100% zero carbon electricity um, with an 80% renewable portfolio standard along the way to that. Um, it was really, really important to us and to the community as we developed that bill that some of the replacement power be located in the school district in this area because the tax base was going away. It wasn't just about yay, the state of New Mexico is meeting great renewable goals. That's incredibly important, but it was important to, to make this community whole in the spirit of economic revitalization like we're talking about today. So all of these threads are coming together. Um, I'll, I'll close by saying that um, really so many of the things that were done in both the bipartisan infrastructure law and in the IRA that just passed built on existing successful programs like New Mexico's Orphan Well Program. That means that they can be rapid, that they can be scaled up quickly, that they can get money into local communities quickly, and that we can make a difference really quickly for Americans, um, not just New Mexicans. So thank you all so much for coming. Really appreciate you being here. And um, it's a great day for New Mexico. Thank you. Literally screeching into the tent. <laughs> That was probably the best moment of, uh, of being a cabinet secretary. So um, I have to say that um, today we are at the precipice of transformation in New Mexico. Let me try to cut that wind too for everyone. Um, I think we have the opportunity to be a powerhouse in the renewable and clean and just transition to clean energy. Uh, with the Energy Transition Act, that the governors worked so hard on, and also with the policies from the Biden administration, which include the coal community commitment, the bipartisan infrastructure law, the tribal loan guarantee, and also the Inflation Reduction Act. 
we are just really poised to take potentially stranded workers and connect them with responsible businesses um, that pay the prevailing wage and provide energy security, not only to the New Mexico, but to the region, um, while also providing for drinkable water and land that is usable. And this is um, an expression that I heard today earlier on in these meetings, and it was really super powerful to me. I think by leveraging um, the robust support that we have across the state and the region, we can meet our climate goals and create comprehensive partnerships for a new economy and a new economy that's really going to engage the 23 tri tribal nations of New Mexico and also the rural areas. So um, thank you to the Interior and the Energy Departments for having us, uh, to Secretary Holland and to Depre Deputy Secretary Turk, and also to um, the National Energy Council, to Brian Dees. And it's, it's been an eye-opening experience just to be up here already and to hear people speak about what they're passionate about and to realize that we can all do this together and that um, the time is now. So thank you and sorry for my tardy, um, abrupt approach. Okay. <laughs>